seems like the uh, the budgets that teams are spending are pretty crazy this year. I um, I've heard even Huck is spending the lunch money his mom gave him. So Boston's gonna go pretty big on all those players you've never heard about. Right. Um, though I find a team that's really interesting to me is probably the Hangzhou Spark. Right. Didn't they like sign Crystal's girlfriend? That's what I heard. Uh, I think it was the only way to keep him signed down for another year. Um, and then apparently, just to, to be able to carry her, they've also signed Faker. Who's Faker? What? Who's Faker? Um, the greatest League of Legends player to ever live? Are you serious? What, what's League of Legends? <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the most popular eSport in the world? Unfortunately, I'm sorry, Overwatch. Rip Overwatch. But, yeah, apparently just Overwatch isn't an FPS anymore, so they've just signed the greatest MOBA player of all time. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Have you, uh, have you made any moves in the offseason? Well, you know, you know, I uh, thought maybe we could become the official podcast of the Florida Mayhem. But uh, no. tur turns out we're uh, too family friendly. Oh. Darn. Well, what, what is going on? Are you, are you recording? Oh, no. What is League of Legends to me? I bet it did. Like, Hi there, and welcome to the world's most awkward cold opening. I mean, casual Overwatch League fans. A popped off production. We're coming at you from the first Brandon studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm your host, Alurimore. I'm Haller. I have no idea what we are anymore. <laughs> Or a production, like you said. That's true. So we could do fun things <clears throat> like making fun of uh, a, a stream that leaked lots of insider information. We uh, we already do that. <laughs> <laughs> this was a whole new level. I don't. I, I felt very uncomfortable the whole way through. <laughs> it's not too different. You're just standing on that side of the table, and it's I, true. I guess the difference is you're acting. Yeah. You'll get there, but I'm not good at acting. <laughs> I'm barely good at acting like myself. Well. So, we have an actual buttload of stuff to talk about today. Yes. Like, I don't even have my regular show notes. Today I have a spread em sheet. It, yes. If, if you can't see because you're listening on podcast platforms, the spreadsheet is very long. Color-coded. Thanks, Haller. Yeah, you're welcome. It's about <clears throat> it's about 40 lines long of all the updates since we last had a podcast, and there have been a lot of updates in the past just couple weeks. It's true. It's true. So, I'm gonna give us the rundown. I'm gonna read through all of these updates at a not insanely fast, but definitely not slow rate. Yes, and I'm gonna not talk at all, so this podcast doesn't go for two hours. Right. And then when <laughs> I'm done reading the updates, then maybe we'll let him talk. Yeah, I'll go back and talk about what's maybe what's interesting. So it's I think most of the interest is going to end up in the rumors, I think. Well, let's start with what's what's official? What's official? All right, so we got our official announcements. Nevix has been released by the Shock on October the 9th. Roki has become a two-way player for the Defiant on October the 9th. On October 11th, we had Deepay rejoining the Gladiators as head coach and GM. Hmm. I think that's spicy. Guido and Sleepy were released by the Justice. On October the 14th, we got Stratus's contract renewed by the Justice. On October the 16th, Harsha joined Houston as their head coach. Yak Pung was released by Toronto, and Toronto received Paris's former head coach, Fifi. Fefe. Fefe. <laughs> Compromising. On October 17th, Paris dropped Kai Kai. Mecco was released by the Noi by the New York Excelsior, and Arhan was released by Houston. On October the 18th, Hydration joined Houston Outlaws, also spicy. 9K joined Paris as a head coach. Roar joins the Washington Justice. On the 19th, Shaz has been re-signed uh, by the Gladiators, and Boink has been confirmed to be back on Houston. 
On the 20th, Big Goose is also rejoining the Gladiators, and many Gladiators fans rejoiced because <laughs> they liked the Los Angeles Big Geese. Mm. On October the 21st, Pavane, SNT, Twinkle to London as coaching staff, and Agape promoted to head coach. On, still on the 21st, Boston announced the release of Kellex, Aim God, Alamung, RCK, Persia, and Stellar to the surprise of no one, and Neptuno was released by the Fusion. Players have made some announcements. Um, Fact Fiction and McGravy on the 15th announced that they are free agents. On October 18th, Alamung announced that he was going on hiatus. And on the 20th, Persia announced that he is not looking for a team. Today I'm learning that I am bad at reading information off a spreadsheet. I have never felt so inarticulate in my life. <laughs> What's important is we, we got through it all. Um, you don't want me to read through the rumors real quick, too? No, we'll, we'll, right. we'll get back, we'll get back right, there. That right. was a lot of information. Let's just start breaking some of that down. Sure. So Let's break it up. I think a lot of the releases were kind of... Well, some of them were surprising, but a lot of them were expected. Um, Nevix released by the Shock. We kind of saw it coming. Like, the writing was on the wall. He was the only person unsigned. Um, Yakpung, you knew Toronto was going to be a lot, making a lot of changes. Um, I found interesting that Guido and Sleepy were released. Because I figured it would be Guido or Sleepy, not Guido and Sleepy. That's true. Those are the two they were rotating in and out a lot. Yeah, especially when they were starting to look like they were going to go a more Western direction when they re-signed Stratus, they're only keeping Corey and then their Swedish tank duo. Are they Swedish? I think they're Swedish. Um, but their European tank duo that they have with Elevote and um, Lulshish? Is that them? Yeah. Um, so I was surprised when they lost Sleepy, because he's one of the best Western flex supports. Probably like after Shaz, who just got locked down by the Gladiators, as we saw. Yeah. Pretty, pretty surprising to see him let go. I'm not... I'll be very interested to see who they think is an upgrade or who they try to bring in for that. Sure. But as a total aside, that's not relevant. Sleepy, if you're watching this, I know that you have family here in Florida. Come visit us in the studio. Yeah. You're not signed to a team, so you don't have to do what they tell you anymore. Quick. We'll, we'll try to work something out so we can do it during gamer hours. Yeah, we would, that would be worth it for you. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> otherwise, Harsha as head coach was. Cool, but well, you know, we'll have to see. He's always like, he's always been an assistant coach, but you never really know how much coaching coaching staff really has. Yeah, on things. I like been on, He's been on uh, Monty's Inside on Esports with Thorin. Yes, and he seems to really have his head in the game. But now, if we're being honest, um, whenever I watched anything by Mineral after Mineral was let go as head coach, he has his head in the game too. So the real question I don't think is going to be how well he's able to communicate what the players need to do. Mm. I think it's going to be how well he's able to connect to the players and convince them to do what he's telling them. Good point. Because <clears throat> I think that's the problem that Mineral is probably having. So, Good point. Just moving on. Um, Mecco being released by New York. Any thoughts about that? So kind of saw that one coming, too. So I, I get why people are surprised, right? Because he's yeah. part of their core. Yes. Um, and, New and, York, and a good player. And a good player. And New York, listen... We only think that New York was underperforming because they were the best team in the league by a mile the 2018 season. Mm -hmm. And then the 2019 season, they're still one of the best teams yeah, in the league. They had glimmers of greatness throughout the entire season. They did, and they stayed solid. They yeah. never did it poorly. Yep. That never happened. And so keeping Mecca would have been a way to stay. Keeping that core that they had mm -hmm. probably just the way it was would have kept them in this top three or four or whatever this upper echelon right. is. Because right after New York, you saw this huge gap before you got to the next person. Yeah. Right? And, and so that could have kept them on the top side of that big old gap, wherever mm -hmm. that shows up. So if that gap starts to close is when I would have, as New York, been going, yeah, we need to make some significant changes. Yeah. Keep As long as that gap is still there and we're still on the top half of it, I'd be satisfied. Right. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be taking this risk. I'd be keeping my personalities here. Yeah. So Because it's so. like you lose Mecco, but who do you get? Because there's very few off-tanks in the league that are going to be better than Mecco. Like, I agree that there's room to upgrade Me Mecco when you look at, like, the grand scheme of things, but you're probably not going to get Fury. You're probably not going to get Chweyhobin. Yeah. And, like, those are really the first two that come to mind that are better um, all the other ones, like some Western ones, like 
Gator Sigma, maybe you could get Marvel, um, but then Marvel and um, Mono wouldn't very have too much synergy if it ever got out of a Sigma meta. None of them can play other off tanks. Right. So it's a weird. It, I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure where you, where you go from here. And then just to kind of skip down to the London coaching changes, one of the big ones is the former head coach of the New York Excelsior, Pavane, is now an assistant coach for the London Spitfire. Yeah. So not only did you get rid of Mecco, you just got rid of your head coach as New York. And you're saying, I'm not, I wouldn't make big sweeping changes. Is this a sign that New York is making big sweeping changes, you think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean we don't so, know anything. So here's, here's really <laughs> where it comes down to, right? Um, P P How did you say his name? Pavane. Pavane. Okay, just making sure. So Pavane is, as the head coach, the figurehead, but really mostly to the players, because I don't really see him coming out and interacting with the general fan population very much. True. They really use their players to do that, and that's yep. fine. And so you can, and also, you have to remember that one of the huge impacts that happened during the season was really. <clears throat> was really um, getting Sabiobi back on the field. Yeah. Sabiobi's leadership in this team is mm -hmm. super important. Yep. And so it's very possible that even changing out the head coach really isn't going to hit this team all that hard as True. long as they maintain what appears to be their actual leader is Sabiobi. Don't don't get rid of Sabiobi, New York. Right, right here. Right. Um, so these two, these two changes could turn out not to be indicative of larger sweeping changes. Mm -hmm. However, you pointed something out on Twitter, which is I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from you right now. Especially in these Korean players and Korean coaches, these players tend to go with these coaches. Yes. So uh, that's that's a concern. Yeah, because London needs a main tank, needs a good one. Yes. Mana would fill that role quite nicely. He, he really would. And, and so... they're losing profit. Maybe they need like a DPS like Libero. Who knows what's going on? Or maybe Flower comes up to London. Right. So there's a lot of question marks here, and it's really just going to be a lot of what are the ownership of New York doing? Because if yeah. they if they want to keep those players, they'll find a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And they should want to keep those players. And they should find a way to do it. Yeah, because I think it's worth doing. Like they have the name value, right? Yes. This is a team with a with that's highly respected, has a great pedigree, has some of the greatest players to touch the game on their team. So like people want to play with Jonak, they want to play with Sabiobi, they want to play with Mono. Right. So they should be able to attract people, and as long as they're not losing their own players to the to the allure of Soul, as we'll discuss later, I'm sure. Yes. Um, I can't imagine why anyone would want to leave this team and why they wouldn't be able to attract good anyone players from other teams who aren't the San Francisco Shock and the Vancouver Titans. Yeah, um, the only maybe exception to that might be London, and you see these these are moves to London that we're talking about in particular here, um, and that's only because under London's belt is a grand championship. Mm -hmm. That counts for something. Yeah. New York may be consistently... A, the top among the top teams. Yep. But New York still doesn't have a championship under the belt. True. And London does. True. And so that's going to make a difference a little bit. Right. Um, but I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference because as we saw this past year, like it really, you, it really felt like London's championship run, not like it was a fluke, but like, right. but like it wasn't they, something they, that's going to be easy for them. They to got lucky. They got bit. lucky when the grand championship happened to be. Yeah because they, they're very inconsistent. They're hot and then they're not, and they just have to hope they're hot when it's time to be hot. Right. I think these moves by London are an effort to increase consistency, but... I mean, it's, it's nice to see them working on their coaching staff this much, because London's big area of weakness has always been their coaching staff. So. Like, it's always felt like they maybe just had one coach, and the coach always gets fired. <laughs> so... So we'll see how this this goes. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not going to call this indicative of sweeping changes from the New York Excelsior. I think right now this is just some changes to the New York Excelsior. If we see another, if we see Mono dip, if we see Sabiobi dip, if we see Jonak dip, any one of those, I'm going to say, yeah, we're indicative of big, giant changes. Right. But uh, otherwise, I'm going to say, no, we're okay right now. Um, okay. 
Um, I guess looking at the other coaching change here, one of the big ones to me is 9K going joining Paris as a head coach. Um, we'll probably discuss this even more when we get down to the rumors, but 9K is Korean. He comes from the San Francisco Shock, but okay. he is Korean. So to me, that initially suggested that this team is looking to potentially get away from being full European. It's possible. And it's probably not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, Paris has a little bit of appeal as a full European team to yep. the European market. But with 9K being someone from the shock, if they go to a mixed roster, they can be winning and keep some European presence. I think that'll be the best of both worlds for them. So yeah. honestly, I'm not, um, wouldn't be sad about this. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, the real question is just going to be how good of a head coach is 9K. It's definitely an interesting first note in their offseason because that's really the first thing that they've officially announced. So that's... Uh, Besides, besides, like, departures of right. some other coaches. So, interesting. Um, Neptuno being released by the Fusion. If you saw the Sideshow leak video, not super surprising, but kind—and he was a free agent, so it was always a possibility. Sure. But still a bit surprising, because I think he is one of the better main support players, especially in the West. Like, I think you've got Moth and Masa, and then, like, Neptuno is the only other person you could put in the conversation of best Western main support. So okay. very interested to see who they bring in. Maybe it's just because everyone's expecting them to bring up Alarm, right? That's kind of the big Philadelphia sure. Fusion expectation. Maybe you bring up who's already playing with him in Fusion Academy, which I don't know who that is, or Fusion Uni, excuse me. Um, but bring up some kind of Korean main support, right? Maybe someone who communicates with Alarm better. Maybe mm -hmm. that's why they got rid of him. But that should be, if teams do not pick up Neptuno, that will be probably the greatest travesty of the offseason, in my opinion. But that's all about, I got to say on that. I'm looking at the big signings. Um, let's start with Roar. Well, I, I want to talk about one more person who was let go, since we just okay. talked about someone who was let go. Um, I want to bring up Aim God. Okay. Because, because... Boston's performance, by and away, was meh all year long. No yes. doubt about that. Some moments of brilliance in stage one, but that's about it. Right. But I feel like Aim God was one of the most consistent and better players on that team. Oh, for sure. Aim God did a great job. Aim, uh, Aim God 1v1 to Jonak several times, yeah. who we consider to be among the best in that role as well. And yeah, well, even Twilight, I, I think, as well, came out on top of some of the 1v1s against those these other supports who don't lose. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, was working, doing that within this really lousy Boston team, team yeah. this year. Yep. I think Aim God really deserves a spot here in this oh, conversation. I definitely agree. Um, yeah. I, I, Kellex and RCK and Ste all these other names in here really either didn't play at all almost yeah. or underperformed in a, in a fantastic way. Yeah, I thought Kellex was always okay. Never right. bad, but... Never excellent. Right, but I feel like Aim God's really excellent next. Aim yeah, God I agree. really needs to wind yep. up in a good spot. I think so too. And that was always one of the big questions for Boston all year. Where's Aim God? Why are you playing Persia? Why aren't you playing Aim God? Aim God looks like your best player. It always mm. seemed like they were having some kind of issues. And Boston always seems to have being having issues. Why are you playing Aim God over Neko? Was this was the story last season? Right. Stage, right. So there's always something weird going on in Boston. It feels like, but uh, hopefully Aim God lands somewhere. Good, because he, he definitely deserves it. I agree. For sure. Okay. Um, all right. Signings. Roar to Justice was interesting, because they looked like they were going full Western, and now all of a sudden, it looks like they're going back to mixed. Um, I'm glad Gladiators got rid of um, Roar, because I thought he wasn't the best for the Gladiators. I thought Gladiators' weakness last year and was their tank line, and they probably could have gone even further if they had better tanks. Sure. So, you said that a lot about Roar in particular. Yes. So I'm glad to see Roar go, but also a little sad to see him on um, the Justice, because I had I had high hopes for the Justice as well. So, Do you think there's any chance that really Roar's issue wasn't his ability to be a tank, but just his ability to synergize with the way that the Gladiators were operating? Maybe, but I feel like it's only going to get harder from here, unless they're picking up another player. Like, he at least he had another Korean tank he was playing with. Now he's brought onto a team that right now only has a European main tank. 
And what's really weird is the two tanks—or, excuse me, off-tank, but the main tank and off-tank that Justice already has, Lulcius and Elivo, these guys have been best friends since they were, like, eight. <laughs> like, they're, they've always been on the same team with each other. They've always been each other's tank duos. These two don't know how to play with other people. Point. So, it's 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 a it's a weird move. I'm expecting them to pick up an off tank too to pair with Roar. But then, why did you keep Lulcius and Elivo in the first place if you're going to make these moves? It's all weird. Maybe Unless it's Roar's like going to switch roles, or maybe it was a thing like they were keeping them first, but now after they got John Galt because he was a former assistant coach of Gladiators, now right. head coach of the Justice. Maybe it's more of a Galt decision. He wanted to bring in Roar, and he has a different vision for the team than what they were originally planning before he came on. Sure. Um, but we'll just have to see. But that one, that one was surprising. I'm not super exciting about it, excited about it, but it was an interesting move, definitely. But the big one that I was excited about and is very interesting is hydration. Oh, my gosh. To the Houston Outlaws. That was a shocker. Seriously, these are these are two of the big names. Yeah. In in the Gladiators. Yep. Gladiators have like totally rolled out all of their office staff and coaching staff. And then I loved all the memes. There's so many memes of like, where are the LA Gladiators? Right. Like a kid was like, where's mom? Where's daddy? Where are the LA Gladiators? It was they've been really funny. <laughs> so, but here we have these two, in addition to that, the Roar, someone they worked really hard to get, and right. then Hydration, someone who has been absolutely performing on this team. Yeah. Leaving. And honestly, all these Harsha to Houston, Hydration to Houston, these good names going to Houston makes Houston look like an impressive yeah. and scary team. Feels good after last season of just all the troubles they had with the organization, not being able to sign players, having holes in season one, having holes in their roster in season two. It, makes, it also makes sense as to why Arhan was released, right? I think on the right. 17th, we were all like, why is Arhan gone? This doesn't make any sense. And well, then on the 18th, hydration joins us like, oh. I, I don't know if anyone, were you, were you really surprised that Arhan is gone? The I mean, person they played maybe twice. I'm not surprised in the sense that they didn't play him very much. What did surprise me, though, is he is a known good player, right? Right. He's he's known to be do do a good job. So you wanted to we like have you Harsha think they show have traded them? Oh, I we have, gotcha. we have Harsha show up, and so I'm sitting here going, okay. So, I, I, granted, Harsha showed up the day before, right? So how much impact did he actually have in the decision to drop Arhan? Probably right. none, right? right? At that point, it was if Harsha was probably like, oh, at least we got hydration. Well, how long is you know? Harsha could have been in the picture for a while, too. We don't, we we don't, don't really know. know. There's a lot of unknown yeah. quantities here. But I think I think the fact that Arhan hasn't been playing, and Hydration has, and Hydration has been performing, means yep. Hydration's the smarter pick here. Yeah. But I think, in a, in a vacuum, the simple release of Arhan is not necessarily a brilliant pick, because Jake's a pretty good projectile player, right. but he doesn't have all the pieces of the projectile puzzle, and yeah. Arhan really has the other pieces of that. And so it really made sense to have both of them. And here's Hydration, who has similarly different pieces from Jake. And I feel like these are going to mesh well. Well, see, well that's what too. I would say differently, is I would say Hydration plays everything that Jake does and more. So I'm really worried. Like, I think when you look on paper, like, Dante and Hydration is a sick Western DPS duo. Mm -hmm. Probably, like, second only to Stra Stratus Corey. And with, with potentially a higher ceiling. Like, right. this is—these are two grand players. But I'm worried for the Houston Outlaws is because they always look lost without Jake in. Even Jake, though Jake isn't the great player, Jake is their leader. Jake is their Saviolbi. So— Right? Even when Saviolbi's not, uh, not performing his best, the team still looks better when right. he's there because that's what he does. So I'm worried about them having that hit when Hydration comes in because you get from Jake— the most talkative, loud DPS player you could ever hope for towards Hydration, the man of three-word sentences. Mm -hmm. Like, literally could not have a more polar opposite personality. So it'll be interesting to see of what they value, when do they put them in, because Hydration has the raw mechanics, and from a just gameplay standpoint, should be in over Jake at all times. But you're losing all the intangibles that Jake brings. Yes. And it's I'm it's gonna say a lot about Harsha how he manages this. Cause I don't know how I would. I, I'm Great not... pickup, but also gonna have to be really careful with how you work work this Houston. Gonna have my eye on you. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But uh wanna wanna move on to rumors then. 
let's hit the rumors. So why don't you, you I'll, I'll hit the rumors that didn't come out of this stream because you're better at the stream than me. Okay. All right, so we're going to start from the, from the first one on the 18th. Jacob Wolf reported Jester and Profit are going to be acquired by the Soul Dynasty. Yeah, and so if you're kind of new to the esports scene and you're not as into it, um, Jacob Wolf is a journalist for ESPN, and I think it is not controversial in the slightest to say he's the most respected journalist in esports, period. Like, this guy's in every—he's in every game, and the information he reports on, he's almost always the first to break the biggest stories, and he's never wrong. I think I think that's fair. I think Jacob Wolf is very good at bringing information before it shows up to the general public, and yeah. he's good at getting it and delivering it accurately. Yep. Um, so yes. I say that to say that this rumor is all but confirmed when Jacob Wolf reports on it. Like this guy announced every single franchise team that the Overwatch League has before they were announced. Like incredible track record mm. across games for years. So this. This trade is almost guaranteed to be happening sure. unless something falls off, falls out. Yep. Like, and this might be the biggest trade we'll see the entire offseason. Gesture and Profit going to the Soul Dynasty. These should be the two players, maybe minus Fury, um, or plus Fury, I should say, that London I was expecting to be building around. Like, this is your core. Profit is arguably the greatest player I've Overwatch has ever seen. Gesture is easily in the conversation for best main tank of all time and a top five main tank in the Overwatch League. He had a rough year last year, but still, when you look at his grand history, like, one of the greatest to ever do it. Sure. Right? Um, and there's an argument to be made as far as a duo goes. This has been one of the most successful duos in Overwatch history. Before Overwatch League 2019, these guys had never lost a competition. They have won every competition they entered. Apex, other tournaments, there are other tournaments that they entered, like NetEase and other Korean tournaments. Um, and then the Overwatch League season one. Yeah, 2018. They win all the time. Yeah. It's absurd. And to think that you're letting, but basically like two of the greatest players in Overwatch history to, to Soul Dynasty is insane. And to me, that has to be the players not London, who wants to get rid of these guys, right? That seems most likely, um, because London would have signed them all as a one plus one contract in the 2018 season. Yeah. That plus one was clearly I, used. I think they, they were literally already under contract, according to the, um, the OWL contract article that came out. If that's true, then it would have been very difficult for these players to just get themselves out. Mm-hmm. So... I, have, I don't have the article in front of me, so I can't confirm nor deny that. But I will say that when you're under a contract, you can get out. It's not impossible. Right. But negotiating your way out of that just because you don't want to be there is going to be a pain in the butt. Mm. So th if this is true, these two players worked their—and that if both pieces of this are true, these two players worked their tails off to get out of mm -hmm. London. Um, or soul through a fat stack that London couldn't say no to. That's also possible. And honestly, likely, um, I think that's the most likely situation here. Because... Do you think they have a ton of money? I don't think they have a ton of money. I think they have a ton of angry, frustrated, disappointed Korean fans. Okay. And I think that's causing them to say, we have to do something, don't know what, don't care what, mm -hmm. don't care what it costs, we gotta do it. And I think that's what's happening. I think that's what we're seeing right now. I think probably we see Gesture and Profit move over to the Dynasty. I think we see some other ancillary moves that aren't as impressive as this move. And Maybe. I think and I think I think that's what we're going to see happen. Um, I, I think uh, did they did they already lose a head coach at this point yet? They Can't got remember. rid of last season's head coach, and then they brought on a new head coach who used to be the head coach for GC Busan, the original team that Gesture right. and Profit played for. So here we have a case of player coaches. <laughs> I don't think it's the players following these coaches all the time. I think a lot of times the coaches, these coaches the going, players. I know these players, I know how to work with them, give them to me. And I know they're good. And I so, like so yeah. here we are in the similar situation again. These coaches are picking up these players. Here we go again. Yeah. I, I really think that this is a move by Seoul. I wouldn't call this a move by the players or by okay. 
the the Spitfire. It's most likely a move by Soul, in my opinion. But a giant, giant move. Yes, very big. For sure. Um, and definitely now all eyes on Soul after you make those those moves. Like the rest of your roster really isn't that impressive right now. So I'm interested to see who they're going to be picking up in DPS support. Are they going to poach some other great players? I'm, in, I'm also interested in seeing if they try to pull off a 12 man again, right? Because with travel, having a dual roster yeah. means you get to rest. Yep. And rest will be extremely important in this upcoming season where you are going to be out of your home city. Yep. Almost every almost every week. You're mm -hmm. not traveling half the time. You're traveling 98% of the time. Yes. Yeah. I definitely think you'll want to be able to rest people, say, stay at home this year week, don't even go to the homestand, we're just going to go, yeah. your substitute's going to play, just take the week off. Um, and so, then, as well, I think Shock last season showed the value of having a 12-man roster, even though they didn't keep it all year, but they would still bring in some other players and do internal scrims with, like, a plus two. Deep and rosters. I think, I think that's one of the reasons why they did so good in the grand finals. Yeah. They had quality scrims. Titans mm -hmm. didn't. So, so this is, I agree. This is going to be important, and so there's, there's lots of little things, I think, that are going to really make or break this big move from Seoul, mm -hmm. but... This is the start of that big of the of the other things that are going to try and see what happens here. Right. All right. Going on to the sideshow stream leak. So these aren't quite Jacob Wolf level, but seem pretty real. Um, so it's a, a conversation. So they were setting up for a tabletop stream. It was going to be sideshow Overwatch, and then Custa and Neptuno. Why? It was like going to be some like tabletop. It looks like they were showing some playing cards. Um, it was just going to be kind of a more relaxed, kind of talking variety stream, right? Um, and then he's streaming the setup. Apparently, they forget or do not realize that the stream has started. And they're mid-conversation about insider information. So they're talking contracts, player trades, what's going on with them, their teams. Right. So, and when they find out that this information is happening, they freak out. So that whole cold open, if you were a little unsure what that was, we were trying to mimic this stream. Because they're basically, there's a guy just standing in front of the camera, they're setting up their table, and they're just talking. Yeah. Um, and a lot of information comes out of this. And then later, a, um, a journalist, Goopy Noopy, for the game house, mm -hmm. Also, thank you for saying his real name. You're welcome. Um, also, um, confirms that sources are telling them that everything that was said on this stream seems to be they confirm, true. He, his sources were able to confirm everything but like one, and then I, it wasn't. They weren't able to confirm the numbers that were being said. They weren't able to confirm the numbers. There was one thing that they went. This seems likely, but none of our sources can confirm it. I don't remember what it was. Okay. I don't remember either. So it may have been that Neptuno was denied tryouts. They weren't able to confirm, but there was one obscure yes, little I thing think that was it. That they were like, can't confirm um, this one. But, but let's go ahead like... and go over the information that was said on this stream. And everything seems real. Like this, the stream ended up never happening after they realized this happened. Like the tabletop stream gone. And several and they of haven't the mentioned it since. Of, and several of the posts in like Reddit and stuff got taken down. Yes. When they tried to share it. Yeah. So this 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 seems legit. So let's go through. Um, first, they talked about OGE and Space going to the Gladiators as their new tank line. So it makes sense. They just got rid of Roar. Mm -hmm. So it, may, it seems like they're making tank moves. Right. Um, OGE and Space is certainly an interesting duo I wouldn't have thought of, but definitely potential there. Space, amazing player, without mm -hmm. a doubt. OGE has had really bright moments, but also really low moments, too. But he's you could really say that for the entire Dallas He's field. really risen and fallen with the fuel in general. Right. So. And this could be a case of, like, Rascal. I could say the same about Rascal on Dallas, and we know the year that Rascal just had on the San Francisco Shock. Yeah. So potentially on a good team in the right system, I think OGE is a player that could do really good. Um, they rumored some of the cal salaries. Sideshow whispered 400K which yeah. would be absurd, because the last year, I think the biggest contract we heard of was Decay being in the 300, 350K range. Yeah. So Biggest salary. Yeah, they're eight. talking about big money, and apparently some teams are going big money, and some teams are not, and we'll get to that in yep. this. Um, otherwise, they also said Gamsu was going to Dallas. Um, Gamsu, is from, Gamsu is currently on the Shanghai Dragons, yeah, so, and you skipped the second one there. Yeah, I'm going to go back okay, to okay. it. Um, and then they talked about multiple changes coming to the Toronto Defiant. So they talked about, um, Custa mentioned that Agilities and Kareeb are going to the Defiant. And then they said they've all heard 
that sure for has also been signed by the Defiant. So really big moves by the Toronto Defiant. And honestly, this is kind of a brilliant move by the Toronto Defiant because they just signed two Canadians. Yeah. And they're Canadian team. Yep. With a generally Western roster. It, mm-hmm. It's really kind and of two perfect. two really amazing players as well. Yeah. Like, their DPS roster is looking almost too stacked sure. as far as Western talent goes. Logic's Manga Chu, Surefour, Agil- and Agilities. I mean, those are, that's honestly, <coughs> that's two brilliant DPS duos just yeah. sitting there right there. Yep. And and just like we were talking about, if they, if they hold on to all of them, which I hope that they do, mm-hmm. they can rest their players while they yeah. travel. I just wonder why you would ever play Mangachu over Agilities, because they have, like, the same hero pool, but I feel like Agilities is better at every hero. I think, I don't, I don't think I agree. I think Mangachu's got the edge on the Farah, but I think Agilities has the edge in the Genjis, and I Definitely in the Genjis, but I feel like Farah is pretty darn I mean, it's close, and then if you need, like, a Torb special strat, you got Yeah, that's what I feel like, Mangachu, yeah, like, all the weird picks, maybe? He just comes, like, Mangachu's able to play up to, up... I think Mangachu's able to play close to Agility's level on the mainstay heroes, and then he also has, at that same level, the obscure heroes. Meanwhile, if you're only going to do the mainstay heroes, Agility's gets the edge for the most part. Mm. I I do think Mangachu's Mangachu's fair is at the little edgy, at the top of Agility's, but... And then they're close. You're Surefour right. plays weird heroes too. He likes the Torbjorn. He likes those weird picks. And then you have like Widow crossover. I think Logics is good in case we ever go back to a Tracer meta. Mm-hmm. But Surefour probably beats him on a lot of other heroes. So it should be really interesting. But Toronto's making moves and it's exciting. Important, important question that we need to ask Toronto. Okay. okay. Toronto, you've signed Agilities and Kariv. Are you going to take <laughs> Gamer Snacks? The fans demand gamer snacks, Toronto. Listen, I need to see Agilities and Kariv sitting there making worms in dirt for Halloween season and then going, things you will need, gummy worms, cookies, pudding, and a Kariv. I need to see that more in my life. We appreciate you keeping the bromance alive. Please give us gamer snacks back. Yes. I don't care if Valiant has it trademarked. Buy it from them, too. Call it, I don't know... Um, nope, 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 nope. Call it Gamer Snacks. Buy the name from the Valiant. <laughs> okay, yeah. You heard it here. The, the important <laughs> trades are being discussed. Um, otherwise, I was able to keep Custa talked a little bit about Custa it. and Neptuno talked a little bit about what's going on with them, and Custa talks a little bit about the Valiant as well, which is interesting. So Custa talked about how he was potentially going to be traded to Dallas, but um, they were going to do a trade for, um, they were gonna trade closer for Custa, which had been really funny if Dallas trades to get back Custa after they traded him away. Um, but Valiant didn't want closer. Um, so, According and then to Custa, the reasoning was because Valiant is, the reasoning was because yes. Valiant doesn't want to spend that kind of money yep. on closer. So Valiant is trying to go budget. So apparently Valiant is trading everybody basically on their roster, maybe minus Shaq so they can get away with keeping cheap, but like they're starting six. Don't expect to see their starting six next year, it seems. Um, They'll probably have a completely new roster, and he says they're looking to just pay like 50K, 60K, so like league minimum Mm -hmm. for players. So they're probably gonna pick up more obscure players. Maybe they'll get some of those talent esports guys, but... um, Which would be cool. Which would be cool, but um, big, big changes for the Valiant and a big philosophy shift as well. I I really just, I think think the Valiant have just sort of gone this <laughs> I think the Valiant are in a financially frustrating situation mm. the Immortals Gaming Club has just picked up all of um, the tea the, guys the green wall Houston. whatever green that wall. is um, I can't remember what they're called I'm blanking too I had it right there I green, was ready for this green wall it was like CG or something not counter magic gaming they're no, the rivals with CLG. Envy um I can't remember either. I know who you're talking about. Green, green, green wall people. Sorry. Optic. Optic. OG. There it is. They just they just bought out Optic Gaming, then had to sell the Outlaws, but the Outlaws owe money, so the Outlaws franchise is really only worth this much, even yep. though it should be worth this much, but you still owe, you know, you still owe what you owe, so you can only really get so much out of it. 
So they just spent all this money to do these things. They're getting into the Call of Duty League 2, I think, under the Optic Gaming banner, if I'm remembering right. I may be wrong about that. I'm not sure. Um, but, but they also obtained Optic Gaming's League of Legends spot. Yes. So they have a lot of irons in the fire right now. And I think they're draining them financially, and they have to maintain their, the levels of those other things at least for a season yeah. for, that, for them to kick off and stay going. So what this tells me, though, is here's the Valiant, a team mm -hmm. that already has a great player, a great fan base, that's going to continue to turn up for their battles for L.A. So they really don't have to worry about those kinds of things. And if they go budget and they find these, these diamonds in the rough, not yeah. only can they save money, but there's this potential here for this wild card team, yeah. basically, to come up as an underdog and really create a great story for the Valiant. I don't think yes. this is going to be a long-term... Mindset. I think this is a temporary, temporary mindset thing. until everything that mm -hmm. Immortals is doing gets their feet on the ground. I think this could be worrisome for the LA Valiant, though. Okay. Because um, a lot of the people who like Valiant like it for the players. You have your people who just love to draw fan art of Custa, of um, Agilities. Like, they have a very specific, like, style and brand. Um, and going for Diamond in the Rough, is a big risk. I mean, you saw it with Boston. You had Boston season one, first perfect stage. Boston season two, I think I think they didn't win a single game in stage four. Um, so, like, it, this can be incredibly hit or miss. And if you miss, you have to remember that LA Valiant are not the guaranteed kings of their market. They are the one team that has to compete with another LA team. And you already saw in the Blizzard arena, a lot of people who were Valiant fans last year did switch over to the Gladiators. It seemed like Gladiators, like where last year, there was maybe equal to with a slight edge to Valiant fans. Yeah. Um, in Battles for LA, this year, it was heavy Gladiators favored, but still a, a, a fair Valiant presence, but more Gladiators, I'd say, overall. And now, if you get to a team and they're just gonna, you pick up this new team and they suck and they just bomb out, all the fans might just migrate to Gladiators, especially since that player loyalty is gone as well. Well, here's the other thing, though, right? Because while Shaz and Big Goose are staying on the Gladiators, the rest of the Gladiators is basically getting traded out. That's going to be like. true. So they're so, going to lose player loyalty as well, which might just make it so if nobody has player loyalty anymore, the only player, they'll just go to the good team. Yeah, the Gladiators isn't going to lose all of their player loyalty because they are keeping Shaz and Big Goose. Yeah, who that's have a lot happening. of fans. Yeah. So that's that's a good thing for them. So I think the edge goes to the gladiators because mm -hmm. of those kinds of things. But I, I I get it. I get it. And they're there's making, precedent. These like, guys are making business decisions, though, right? They're not just making fan decisions. They're making decisions for their overarching. Yes, they're making business presence. decisions. But think about how much is the Lakers brand worth, and how much is the Clippers brand worth? You don't want to end up being the Clippers in right. this situation. You want to be the Lakers. And when you make decisions like this that could potentially isolate your fan base and make a bad team, everyone might just go and root for the Lakers. Right. And you, you, you don't want that as an L.A. team. So right. I understand why they're doing it, but I don't, I don't love it. Um, otherwise, Neptuno was also denied tryouts by the Defiant. Rumored to have rumor. That's said, the only one that yeah. we couldn't confirm. Yeah, and he said that they thought he was too toxic. That's what Neptuno said. But this all seems true, like Valiant talking bad about the Valiant, basically, or talking about the Valiant in a potentially negative light. All of this seemed a little bit too weird to just be them trolling. Like, the, everything, this feels real. Okay. Um, going on to the other ones, real quick, Goopy Noopy. Um, also reported Nevix to the Defiant. I didn't touch on him too much, but he's someone I've followed in the scene for a long time. He's generally pretty thorough. He doesn't just release information. Right. Um, he's usually not in the leak business either, so if he's getting reports from people, I assume he's kind of like, he's he's vetted it pretty well. So I trust it. Um, he's either, he, I, I, you know, I don't know the guy. Yeah. Um, but I, I would imagine he's either vetted it pretty well or it's from a source that usually gets things right. Yep. Either way, the chances are good. Yeah, and, and Nevix, Nevix of the Defiant would be another great pickup, leading to this team being a main support and a tank away from potentially being the best Western ro roster you could have. Waster. Western Waster. Yeah. Western roster we've, we've potentially ever seen in Overwatch. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for these moves Toronto are making. If you know me, they're my number two team. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to not have, have both my teams looking like they're making good choices, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Yep. Um, this one is probably the most questionable of all the leaks. So there was a guy who leaked some Call of Duty League branding on Reddit. He made a post 
talking about the Atlanta phase, I think they were called. I think I have it here. Yeah, Atlanta phase. And everyone is like, LOL, that's such a dumb name. I don't believe this. A week later, it comes out that the Atlanta Call of Duty League is called the, the Atlanta, Atlanta phase. phase. So suddenly, this guy has a lot of credibility. And he hasn't posted any other leaks until now. And he decides to cross over to Overwatch. Apparently, he's close with someone who's like a team owner or someone like higher up and has some kind of influence in team going ons. Right. And he's heard that Paris is looking to go Korean. He doesn't say full Korean, but he also doesn't say mixed roster. He says Korean. Korean. He says they're building around an element mystic core as well, which going Korean does make sense when you consider they brought on 9K. So mm -hmm. I can see this happening. Um, but it's also the one I trust the least, but does seem a little bit more valid than someone saying, I translated articles from Inven. This right. is what Koreans are talking about, right? Um, right. So take it with a grain of salt, but this, this seems pretty legit to me. It, yeah? Does it seem pretty? It seems, it seems like you have to reasonably consider it. Yeah. But... Um, Personal opinion time. It also seems like a huge mistake on Paris's part. Mm. Paris, Paris's European fan base loves that they're hiring Europeans and Western players in general. Yeah. If, if you're not going mixed, if you're not going mixed, you're gonna lose a lot of those fans. Yeah, especially now if you go mixed. You now have to compete with London for fans when really before you didn't have to because you had an entire different look. Now you just need to be a better team to get fans basically from greater Europe. You'll probably still have the Parisians under your belt, but now you're going to have to compete everywhere else with taking away fans from London. Yeah, because if you're just be both Korean rosters, that'll be, be a bit difficult. Element Mystic is a great core to start to build around to do that, but. Still a bit of a um, a fan base risk again going on here. Yeah. So, and finally, Goopy Noopy has reported that Mayhem is pursuing players and coaches from Runaway with the potential of even picking up the whole team. So, if you're not too familiar with Runaway, this is a pretty storied team in Overwatch. They, the initial roster of Runaway became the Vancouver Titans. We all saw how well they did this year. Um, the new version of Runaway also dominated Korean contenders. They won one or two seasons, and then I think they ended up getting third in the gauntlet overall. So uh, still a solid showing for sure, especially for sure. with the amount of changes that go on in Overwatch, right? It's always hard to stay on top consistently. But this is a team with a lot of talent on it. Um, I've mentioned on our last podcast how I wanted us to pick up some of these players. Right. So I'm really happy to see that they're looking into this. Um, if you read the article, it is very general and light. It's not like Florida Mayhem has picked up. Its sources have suggested Florida Mayhem is looking into. Right. So it just looks like this is where we're trying to get players from, but nothing's buckled down yet. Um, I would be very happy to see a lot of players. Yaki, their support line could be great additions to our fact, team. I think the simple fact that we haven't seen a ton of these players who are in the gauntlet get picked up already yes. just means that all the teams are talking to them and all I these agree. players are really just considering their options. It seems here. like we're getting everything in waves. Like we were getting our release wave. Now, as of this weekend, we just started to see signings come through. Roar, hydration. We're starting to hear more rumors of actual trades that have happened. I would prefer, I would prefer, at least for my team, that I'm a fan of, the Mayhem, yeah. to be grabbing coaches before they grab players. That way their coaching staff and their management staff are working together to pick these players out. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I know we still maintained our main, our head coach and one of our assistant coaches. Yeah. And I know we've got a general manager. Right. So I get that. But we also just dropped a coach. We really need some more coaching staff. And mm -hmm. I would really like all those coaches to be involved in this. And if you can lock down a coach from Runaway, Really easy segue to getting the players. Right. You're going to have that extra little bargaining chip. Right. So, so I, I would like to see that personally. I would like to see, yeah. hey, here's a coach. Here's some coaches yeah. even. And then our coaches have decided these are the players we want. These are the ones we've really pursued and really poured our money into mm. getting. And, and then you pick up, you know, then everybody gets their big pieces, and then you start looking for your smaller pieces because right. that's how this is going to work. Let's not kid ourselves. Right? Mm -hmm. But... um. 
This could be a great first step to a great offseason. So knowing that they're already looking at a team like this and they're being put forth as like the team that's looking into these players, although I'm sure other people have thrown out offers, For sure. if they're now like kind of like the headliners of sorts, that, that's I'm really excited as a Florida Mayhem fan because I think if we get these players, we could definitely be a playoff team next season, which after what we've gone through the past two seasons is amazingly <laughs> exciting. And yes, every, I think every Florida Mayhem fan, if you've stuck through all this crap, you deserve to see a winning team. You really so, do. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. But Yeah, so that is all the things that we have. Yeah. Knowing our luck, by the time this podcast actually released, there's going to be like today, there's going to be mayhem has announced they're picking up all the runaway. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> three weeks and three days from now, teams need to have their final finalized eight people that they're bringing into 2020. They don't need to have the full 12, but they need to at least have eight. So this offseason is going to go fast. Yeah. So we'll let you know if we're going to have a podcast next week or not, depending on how much news comes out and how much we want to talk about it. Yep. Or we'll just wait another couple weeks because it's the off season. But I, I have a feeling there might be a lot of information to discuss. We'll just have to see. It seems likely. So thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, please, please make sure that you subscribe to whatever form, format that you watch us on. We're available mm -hmm. on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. And you know what? It just the, a little subscription reminding you that we're, we've got a new show out will be especially helpful in the off season since we're not doing every week like we have been. You know, there's no, oh, check on Monday. Oh, they're here again. They, th that'll be helpful to you, um, as well as to us, because it makes us feel good about ourselves and mm. people like us. Mm -hmm. So please do that. Uh, make sure to follow us on socials. We're at Cowell Fans everywhere you go. And uh, big thanks to Popped Off, who helps us and supports us and hosts our show. Honestly, without them, we don't have all of our episodes up online for you to listen to and watch and enjoy. So thanks, Popped Off. So that's it. That's all we got. That's all the announcements that we've got. There, I closed my giant spreadsheet. We're done. It's just been so much. I feel like we're just plowing through information. Yeah, it's like you really, I mean, we're already over time of what we needed to do. Yeah. Um, and Joe is just like, there's so much more we could have dug into. We just didn't have the time to give every single change a time of day, like Persia not looking for team. What does that mean? Right. Who knows? So if you want to interact with us and ask us some questions and get our yes. opinions on stuff, check us out on the Twitter. I tweet often. He tweets tweet often, and I respond to things. I got in an argument with someone, like, yesterday about New York. Great. <laughs> so, so feel free. I'd love to argue with you or agree with you. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm open to either. I like to argue. <laughs> so thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Allure Moore. I'm Haller. And we will see you next time. Bye.